This is Commission President Sam Cho convening the regular meeting of January 24th, 2023. The time is 10.30 a.m. We're meeting in person today at the Seattle-Tacoma International Airport Conference Center and virtually via Microsoft Teams. Present with me today are Commissioners Calkins, Fellam, and Hazagawa, who are currently gathered in the executive session room awaiting for the opening public meeting. I believe Commissioner Muhammad is with us as well, uh, but she is recused from attendance at the session. We'll now recess into the executive session to discuss one item regarding litigation and or potential litigation or legal risk per RCW 42.30.110 sub 1 sub I for approximately 30 minutes and we'll reconvene into public session at noon today. Thank you so much. This is Commission President Sam Cho reconvening the regular meeting of January 24th, 2023. The time is now 12 p.m. We're meeting in person today at the Seattle Tacoma International Airport Conference Center and virtually via Teams or Microsoft Teams. Clerk Hart, can you please call the roll of all commissioners in attendance? I probably wait for Clerk Hart to get here, but we, Deputy Clerk, if you could call the roll. Thank you. This is Deputy Clerk Payne. Uh, first, I have Commissioner Cho. Present. Thank you. Commissioner Fellman. Present. Thank you. Commissioner Hasegawa. Present. Uh, Commissioner Mohammed. I think she's on her way. Yep. Um, then Commissioner Calkins. Here. Thank you. Yes, we are uh, expecting Commissioner Mohammed to join us momentarily. She's on a call with the city. Due to the continued virtual component of participation for our meeting, we have staff, external presenters, and members of the public who may be participating on their personal devices or from the telephones today. We've made arrangements to accommodate this virtual format. Later, we'll take public comment on items related to the conduct of the port from people who are participating by teams as well as those in person who have signed up to speak. For anyone participating on Microsoft Teams, please mute your speakers when not actively speaking or presenting. Please have your cameras off unless you are a member of the commission or an executive or executive director participating virtually or are a member of staff in a presentation or actively addressing the commission. Members of the public addressing the commission may turn on their cameras when their name is called to speak. For anyone at the dais here today, please turn off the speakers on any computers and silence your devices. When you are recognized to speak, you will press the button for your microphone to be audible and will press it again to silence it when you're not actively speaking. All the items noted here will ensure a smoother meeting, so I thank you in advance. All votes today will be taken by roll call method, so it is clear for anyone participating virtually who vote, who, how votes are cast. Commissioners, please say aye or nay when your name is called. I ask that all commissioners wait to be recognized before speaking. We are meeting on the ancestral lands and the waters of the Coast Salish people, with whom we share a commitment to steward these natural resources for future generations. This meeting is being digitally recorded and may be viewed or heard at any time on the port's website and may be rebroadcast by King County Television. Please stand or join us for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, and a God, indivisible, and liberty and justice for all. All right. First item of business today is the approval of the agenda. Are there any items to be pulled from consent agenda or any motions to arrange, rearrange the orders of the day? 
Uh, I heard that Commissioner Feldman would like to reorder the agenda to take uh, item 4A up as the first item under new business. Is that correct, Commissioner Feldman? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner. Are there any other changes to this uh, to the agenda at the time? Great, Commissioners. The question is now on approval of the agenda. Is there a motion to approve the agenda as amended? Seconded. Great. The motion has been made and seconded. Is there any objection to approval of the agenda as amended? Hearing none, the agenda is approved as amended. Commissioners, with our special orders of the day reordered, next on our agenda is the Executive Director's Report. Executive Director Metric, you have the floor. Commissioners, I'd like to begin my remarks by wishing everyone who celebrates a happy belated Lunar New Year. I hope this year of the rabbit, and for those in Vietnam, the year of the cat, will be one of renewed passion, strength, wisdom, and courage. I'm told that the year of rabbit is one of prosperity and abundance, so I'm looking forward to that. New Year's holidays are a typical time for reflection and celebration. Here at the port, we have a lot to celebrate and a lot to be proud of. Just like last week, we were joined by many of our customers, stakeholders, community partners, and elected leaders to reflect on the past year at our annual State of the Port Breakfast. This was our first in-person State of the Port Breakfast in two years, and it was a major success. The event would not have been possible without the tireless efforts of our incredible staff, Mary Jean Stevens, Kathy Reuter, Devlin Donnelly, Derek Edamura, Mark Longridge, and the entire external relations staff and many others throughout the port. Thank you all for what you do to help us tell our story and about our accomplishments in the work that we have ahead of us. One of the areas that we highlighted during our State of the Port program was our efforts on tourism. On that note, I'd like to congratulate Commissioner Fred Fellman for his prestigious appointment to the United States Department of Commerce Travel, Travel and Tourism Advisory Board. Travel and Tourism Advisory Board members span from corporate CEOs to hospitality executives to nonprofit leaders. They serve as advisors of Secretary, to the Secretary of Commerce on how government policies and programs affect the travel and tourism industry and offer counsel on current and emerging issues to support sustainable growth of travel and tourism industry as our nation's economic, as part of our economics, nation's economic engine. Commissioner Fellman is a dedicated and passionate leader, advocate, and an advocate for the Port of Seattle's role as a regional and national tourism leader, particularly around sustainable tourism. I look forward to his contributions in this new role. Again, Commissioner, congratulations. The safety and security of everyone that works at the port or uses our facilities is a top priority. So. I would like to extend my congratulations and appreciation to the entire staff for a job well done for improving our safety numbers over the last year. Some highlights of the past year include a 25% reduction in the number of injuries, 100% of senior leaders completing the SEA 2 or the C2C safety leadership training program, and our inaugural in-house audiometric testing that resulted in 75% reduction of OSHA recordable hearing loss reporting as compared to 2021. These are significant accomplishments. Safety security is paramount in all that we do, and I'd like to express my deep appreciation to the entire health and safety team headed by Teresa Cummins for their efforts to make the Port of Seattle a safe place to work in, in the entire port workforce for making safety a priority in all that we do. Another cross-cutting priority is our work on equity. Later this year, you will, continue, you will consider an equity policy directive that will 
codify much of the equity work the Port has done to stand up over the last few years. This policy directive is an important step to further our Century Agenda goal of being a model for diversity, equity, and inclusion, and bringing these values into every aspect of Port operations and work. Our Office of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, along with the Commission Office, will be hosting listening sessions for Port staff and external partners to share the draft equity policy directive. Dates for the staff listening sessions can be found on the Compass page or in my week weekly Executive Director update. External listening sessions can be found on our Port website. Lastly, on the environmental front, I'd like to share a milestone in our Maritime Division. This week we began purchasing renewable natural gas, or RNG, from Puget Sound Energy for all our maritime properties. This is a noteworthy addition to our 10-year agreement in aviation for renewable natural gas as well. This renewable natural gas replaces the conventional natural gas previously purchased for our facilities. Using RNG will enable us to reduce port maritime facilities scope 1 and 2 in emissions by 46% in 2023 and underscores our commitment to being the greenest port in North America. Congratulations to the Maritime team and the Environmental and Sustainability team on this milestone. Moving to today's Commission meeting, I'd like to highlight a few items on today's agenda. Item 8J is a request for authorization of the second phase of a project that you have previously approved. Specifically, it would move forward with the basic maintenance and repair of the existing North Employee North North Employee Parking Lot. As we pursue the development of a Transportation Management Association to reduce employee vehicle travel, this facility is essential to supporting the current employee parking needs for airline tenant and concessionaire workers. To be clear, this project is a renewal of the facility and not an expansion of that facility. Phase 2, which you are being asked to consider today, focuses on the replacement of failing infrastructure including retaining walls, electrical feeders, as well as upgrading wayfinding signage. The next phase of the project will include pavement remediation, replacements of water lines and stormwater channel drains, and potentially the expansion of electric vehicle parking. On our new business agenda, you have the second reading of a request to increase the delegated authority levels from the Commission to the Executive Director. I deeply appreciate the Commission input we have received since the first reading in November, and I welcome the amendments that you propose today. This will make the process even more accountable and transparent. If the authorization moves forward, my intention is to hold any newly delegated level close, meaning I do not intend to re-delegate further into the organization, but keep it at my level. All the requests will come directly to the Deputy Executive Director and myself for review. Commissioners, this concludes my remarks this afternoon. Excellent. Thank you very much, uh, Executive Director Metric. We are now on to committee reports. Erica Chung, Commission Strategic Advisor, will provide the report. Good afternoon, President Cho and Commissioners. We had three committees meeting on January 17. The Aviation Committee was convened by Commissioners Mohammed and Calkins and reviewed the scope of work for the committee and discussed the 2023 work plan topics related to ground transportation and access to the airport, noise mitigation and the long-term needs of the airport, and airport capital improvement projects and airport dining and retail. The Sustainability, Environment and Climate Committee convened by Commissioner Hasegawa and Fellman reviewed the scope of the work and discussed the 2023 work plan items. Commissioners were also briefed on Terminal 91 Phase 1 Capital Improvement Project 
under the Sustainable Evaluation Framework, which included the project scope, sustainability and alternative summary, and recommendations. During the Waterfront and Industrial Lands Committee meeting, Commissioners Fellman and Calkins received a briefing on the City of Seattle's industrial lands rezoning process and discussed the committee's 2023 work plan with staff. Highlights of the work plan include real estate development, industrial lands zoning changes, and the coexistence of bicycle with industrial lands. This concludes my report. Thank you. Thank you, Erica. Are there any questions or follow-up questions for, regarding companies or for Steve? Yes, Commissioner Fellman. I appreciate our taking all of us taking our first meeting to sort of set the agendas for the year. And I just want to make sure that all commissioners know each other's committees a work plan. And so whether it be Aaron or Steve to distribute that, I think that would be great for our mutual visibility. Uh, Commissioner Feldman, we do intend to bring that to a public session in February. I believe we are scheduled currently for the first meeting in February. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. All right. We are now at the public comment section of our agenda. The Port Commission welcomes public comment as an important part of the public process. Comments are received and considered by the Commission in its deliberations. Before we take public comment, I oh, we, uh, I hear an echo. I want to review our rules for in-person and virtual public comment. Each commentator will have two minutes to speak and should stay within the allotted time. A timer will appear on the screen and a buzzer will sound at the end of the two-minute period for each speaker. You must limit remarks to topics related to the port conduct of the port business. These will apply to introductory and concluding remarks as well. All remarks should be addressed to the commission as a body, not to any individual commissioner. Disruptions of commission public meetings are prohibited. prohibited. Uh, disruptions include but are not limited to the following. Refusal of a speaker to limit remarks to topics related to the conduct of the port business. Threats and abusive or harassing behavior, including but not limited to obscene language and gestures. Refusals of a speaker, refusal of a speaker to comply with the allotted time set for this individual speaker's public comment. Leaving the podium or testimony table to physically approach commissioners or staff during one of the public comment. Uh, provided speakers may offer written materials to the commission clerk. And any behavior that disrupts, disturbs, or otherwise impedes the meeting. Written materials provided to the clerk will be included in today's meeting record. The clerk has a list of those who are prepared to speak. We are taking comments from anyone who has signed up to speak virtually as well as anyone who has joined us in the chambers. When I call your name, uh, if you are joining virtually, please unmute yourself and then please repeat your name for the record and state your topic related to the conduct of port business. If you are on the Teams meeting and you are also streaming the meeting on the website, please mute the website stream to avoid feedback. If you are speaking from the room, please come to the testimony table, repeat your name, and the topic of uh, and, and your topic related to the conduct report business. As a reminder, comment time will be limited to two minutes per person. Our speaker, our first speaker, is in person, and his name is Richard Green. Excellent, Richard. Welcome. Please uh, remember to state your full name and the topic. Uh, on which you are speaking. Thank you. Uh, my name is Richard Green. I'm the museum director at the Holocaust Center for Humanity in Seattle, and I'm here to speak in support of Order 2023-02 regarding the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition of anti-Semitism. Uh, the Holocaust Center for Humanity, where I work, located in Belltown, 
uh, was founded 35 years ago by Holocaust survivors who found refuge in the Pacific Northwest after the war. Uh, through their stories, we inspire students of all ages to confront bigotry and indifference, promote human dignity, and take action. Today, our programs reach tens of thousands of students, teachers, law enforcement officers, and other community members across the state, having a measurable impact in the struggle against intolerance and hatred. There's no question that acts of anti-Semitism are on the rise in our community. We receive reports from schools and requests for teaching materials to confront anti-Semitism on a regular basis. Statistics from local and national law enforcement bear out this dramatic increase in bias incidents. Our own center was even vandalized with neo-Nazi white supremacist symbols. Having clear, concise, and valid definitions of terms such as genocide, racism, and anti-Semitism, it's vital in our educational work. They provide guidance and context which help identify offensive, intolerant, and harmful language. In particular, the IRA definition of anti-Semitism is one which the Holocaust Center for Humanity endorses and utilizes in our regular activities. The concrete examples of anti-Semitism which accompany the definition are extremely helpful in determining when everyday social and political discourse crosses the line into anti-Semitic expression. As we approach International Holocaust Remembrance Day on Friday, we ask that you support Order 202302 and honor the legacies of the local Holocaust survivors who founded our center and led our fight against anti-Semitism and all forms of intolerance and hatred. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, our next speaker, we're gonna alternate from uh, in-person to remote, is Linda Clifton. Linda, can you hear me? Yes. Excellent, Linda, can you please yes. state your full name and the topic for the record? My name's Linda Clifton. Uh, my topic is your, uh, to support order number 2023-021 to adopt the uh, International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance working definition of anti-Semitism. Excellent, you have Thank two minutes. Thank you for hearing me today. Go ahead. Um, I have felt personally the sting of anti-Semitism, most acutely in the shooting at the Jewish Federation of Greater Seattle, where friends were gravely hurt, one was tragically murdered, and where I had been more than once earlier that very week. More recently, I felt it again when I was singled out and silenced for my assumed support of Israel. My support of Israel is irrelevant. The attack was to marginalize me as a Jew. Therefore, I'm grateful for your proposed action today. You're determined to con condemn and combat anti-Semitism. It's a matter of con utmost concern to my Jewish community here in Puget Sound and the, the, as the broad spectrum of our Jewish community is greatly concerned about the disturbing increase in anti-Semitic incidents and rhetoric locally and nationwide. Mr. Green has spoken to why this definition, and I agree. You may know that this month, the Anti-Defamation League published a deeply worrisome report showing that belief in anti-Semitic tropes among Americans has doubled since 2019. This is the time to take action. Please speak out forcefully against anti-Semitism and take action to combat this threat 
to our community and our broader society. Your action today will be a tangible welcome step forward as part of your equity work and beyond. Thank you. Thank you very much, Linda. We will now move on to another in-person speaker, Bill Mowat. Hi, Bill. Please state your full name for the record and the topic of your comment. Hi, uh, my name is Bill Mowat. I am uh, here to uh, comment uh, in favor of the special order of the day 2023-02, the same topic that the other speakers have been talking about. Uh, so I'll begin now. Uh, Port of Seattle Commissioners, my name is Bill Mowat and I serve as an advisory board member for the Anti-Defamation League uh, Pacific Northwest Region and the board chair of the Jewish Community Relations Council of Greater Seattle. As you may know, ADL is, a, is the nation's leading anti-hate and human relations organization combating anti-Semitism and bigotry of all kinds. I am speaking to you today to thank you for adopting a resolution directing the Port of Seattle Executive Director to utilize the IRA working definition of anti-Semitism as a non-legally binding reference point or tool that can provide guidance to better understand and address contemporary manifestations of anti-Semitism. This Friday, as we commemorate International Holocaust Remembrance Day, we continue to see a rise in anti-Semitism in Washington State and nationwide. Governments, campus administrators, law enforcement bodies, and civil society organizations around the world all use this definition to educate on anti-Jewish bias and assess hate incidents and crimes. Since 2021, ADL has tracked and responded to 31 anti-Semitic incidents and crimes in Seattle, which have included incidents of anti-Semitic slurs, vandalism, violent threats, targeting Jewish schools and institutions, and the distribution of anti-Semitic propaganda by hate groups. Anti-Semitism is often the canary in the coal mine, underscoring the treatment of marginalized groups in society and indicating when levels of bigotry and intolerance are rising. We thank Commissioner Fellowman for introducing today's proclamation and thank you for adopting this important language, which is not a substitute for new laws, but critical guidance on how to assess and educate in, on anti-Semitism in today's climate. This resolution is supported by the ADL in addition to the Jewish Federation of Greater Seattle, Jewish Family Service of Seattle, the Holocaust Center for Humanity and American Jewish Committee in Seattle. As a member of the Jewish community, I hope this will lead to continued action to understand anti-Semitism today and work toward greater inclusion, belonging, and respect for all communities. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you, Bill. All right, our next speaker is virtual, Iris Antman. Iris, can you hear me? Yes. Excellent. You have two minutes. Please state your full name and the topic uh, of your com comments. Uh, my name is Iris Antman, and um, my topic is the harms of cruising. Good afternoon. My name is Iris Antman, and I'm with Seattle Cruise Control, here to remind us of the harms of cruise. I see on today's meeting agenda several items in the federal legislative memo, Section 2, that relates to decarbonization and sustainability. Letters A, B, and C relate to pursuing grants and investments to research and develop sustainable aviation fuels. This is important, but these fuels are decades away from existing and won't address the looming crisis. Letter D promotes hydrogen and clean marine fuel. Only green hydrogen is produced without using fossil fuels. So just saying hydrogen or clean hydrogen is vague and potentially misleading. 
To suggest that these preliminary efforts are substantively addressing the threats from global heating is unrealistic. Scientists are telling us we have until 2030 to make substantive reductions in our greenhouse gas emissions, and the measures you're suggesting, the port is suggesting, um, and the funding won't achieve this. I see that letter F on the agenda has been crossed out. This was an idea to develop offshore wind technology, a clean energy alternative. Why was this crossed off and is not being pursued? Continuing to pretend that everything's all right, that we can continue business as usual, is irresponsible and reminds me of how we stand by and watch mass shooting after mass shooting in this country and do little to nothing to get guns off the streets. People think that their individual rights usurp the common good. Corporate profit from the cruise business usurps the health and safety of our communities, our waters, our ecosystems, and our species viability. Your children may ask you one day, why didn't you make different decisions when you were able to? What will you tell them? Thank you. Thank you, Iris. And our last speaker for today is Charlie Sykes, also virtual. Charlie, can you hear me? I can. Excellent. Charlie, go ahead and uh, please make sure to say your full, full name and your topic. Uh, hello. My name is Charlie Sykes, uh, and I will be talking about the protection of Tub Lake on behalf of the Defenders of North Sea Tech Park. I am currently a student at the University of Washington and working as an... Sorry? Okay. I'm currently a student of the University of Washington working as an intern for South Seattle Climate Action Network. In October 2021, the port updated its greenhouse gas targets to become a carbon neutral uh, to become carbon neutral or better by 2050. One thing that can help the port reach this goal is by protecting Tub Lake, which is a rare sphagnum peat boss mog bog located inside North Sea Tech Park. What makes this bog so affected in carbon sequestration is that it was found that sphagnum peat boss mogs hold more than one quarter of all soil carbon, even though they account for only 3% of Earth's land area. By protecting Tub Lake, you can essentially have a massive carbon uh, neutral, uh, natural sink, uh, which, could protect the, which could push the port closer to its goal of becoming carbon neutral. Instead of protecting this bog, the port has recommended building 340,000 square feet of aviation-supportive uses right on the edge of it. Developing near the bog's edge endangers its long-term health by removing trees and permeable forest floors that serve as a natural buffer. These developments bring more people and vehicles into the area and can increase polluted runoff from the paved areas by damaging Tub Lake. There have been multiple community plans in the past that recognize Tub Lake as a sensitive environmental area that should not be developed. When these bogs get damaged, they can release years of stored carbon and can accelerate the effects of climate change. This bog has the opportunity to be a natural carbon offset, which can help the port to meet its greenhouse gas reduction targets, among the many other environmental benefits associated with bogs. Um, I re recommend that you guys please withdraw uh, these recommendations instead uh, and work with the city of SeaTac to protect this rare bog instead of turning a free and natural carbon sink into a massive carbon producer. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. So that concludes our sign-ups today. Is there anyone else present on the team's call or present in the room today who didn't sign up who wishes to address the commission? If so, please state and spell your name and state the topic related to the conduct of the report you wish to speak about for the record. Okay, seeing none, at this time, I'll ask the clerk to please give us a synopsis of any written comments received. 
Thank you, Mr. Commission President. Members of the Commission, we do not have any written comments received today. Okay, great. Hearing no further public comment, we'll move to the consent agenda. Items on the consent agenda are considered routine and will be adopted in one motion. Items removed from the consent agenda will be considered separately immediately after adoption of the remaining consent agenda items. At this time, the Chair will entertain a motion to approve the consent agenda items uh, covering items 8A, 8B, 8C, 8D, 8E, 8F, 8G, 8H, 8I, and HJ. Can I get a motion? So moved. Excellent. The motion was made and seconded. Commissioners, please say aye or nay when your name is called. For approval of the consent agenda, beginning with Commissioner Calkins. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Fellerman. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Hasegawa. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Cho. Aye. Thank you. There are four ayes, zero nays for this item. Excellent. The motion passes. All right, moving on in the agenda. Thank you. Um, oops, sorry. We have the three new business items today. Um, Clark Clark, please read the first item into the record. We'll then hear from Executive Director Metric to introduce the item. Thank you. This is agenda item 4A, order number 2023-02, an order directing the Port of Seattle Executive Director or designee to utilize the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance working definition of anti-Semitism when developing policies and training programs to help identify and combat anti-Semitism. Commissioners, today you will consider an order directing the use of a specific def definition of anti-Semitism to guide future port policies related to combating anti-Jewish hate. The Port of Seattle is committed to combating racism and prejudice in all its forms and will continue to lean into opportunities to be a leader on equity diversity and inclusion. This order is timed to coincide with the annual observance of Yom Hashan Holocaust Remembrance Day and reminds us that we must never forget nor sit by in face of future attempts at genocide. At this time I'll turn it over to Commission Strategic Advisor David Yeworth to present. Commissioners, uh, I will read the introduction and the text of the order, or the, yes, the order. On May 26, 2016, the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance members, which at the time comprised of 31 countries, including the United States, adopted the working definition of anti-Semitism as follows. Anti-Semitism is a certain perception of Jews which may be expressed as hatred toward Jews. Rhetorical and physical manifestations of anti-Semitism are directed toward Jewish or non-Jewish individuals and or their property, toward Jewish community institutions and religious facilities. End of definition. On April 26, 2022, the Port of Seattle Commission passed a proclamation committing to, annual, to annually commemorate the tragic history of the Holocaust and current rise in anti-Semitism, as well as to reflect the lessons they hold on our lives today. The Commission, through adoption of this order, recognizes the annual commemoration and further commits to identifying and combating anti-Semitism in the Port's own policies and training programs. And the text of the order. The Port Commission hereby directs the Port of Seattle Executive Director or designee to utilize the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance working definition of anti-Semitism when developing policies and training programs to help identify and combat anti-Semitism. This concludes my remarks and Commissioner Cho, I pass it back to you. Thank you, David. I'd like to now turn it over to Commissioner Fellman at this time as the sponsor of the order. Commissioner Fellman, you have the floor. Uh, thank you very much and I appreciate the speakers who 
came here today, uh, Richard Green, Linda Clifton, and Bill Moat for providing the context for this discussion today. And we recognize that, you know, International Holocaust Day is on the 27th, and it's commemorating the uh, liberation of the largest concentration camp in Auschwitz, where, you know, it's part of the six million people being exterminated, along with the Roma and many others in that part. I, I, I would like to clarify uh, that this does not seek the endorsement of the State of Israel's government or policies, nor was I asked to bring this forward. In fact, rather, I was inspired by my colleagues here and the, on the commission who have done these significant work to celebrate contributions made by the diversity of people who make our nation great, including recognition of Korean American Day, Latino Heritage Month, Asian Pacific and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, but also the recognition that crimes have been committed against ethnic minorities. And, you know, for example, in February 22, as part of Black History Month, uh, it also acknowledges the existence of institutional racism and the history of slavery and affirming our commitment to advance racial equity. In May 2020, the Commission proclaimed that racism against Asians and Asian Americans shall not be tolerated in any form, and we stand in support of individuals and communities targeted by association with COVID-19, and we urge everyone to interrupt instances of racism and intolerance by speaking up in support of equity, justice, and, inc and inclusion. And as you heard, of course, we have committed ourselves to, um, back in April, uh, to pass that proclamation in recognition of Holocaust Remembrance Day and to uh, acknowledge the significant rise of blatant anti-Semitism in our country and around the world. As a quick aside, you know, I'm listening to the Rachel Maddow uh, Ultra podcast, and it's trying this analogy to the uprising, uh, the insurrection that we recently experienced. And in, back in the early 40s, they, um, this happened in our country, and, but it was targeted uh, to the Jewish people and uh, keeping us from going into the war to defend or to overthrow the Nazis. It is uh, extraordinary, the complicitness of the United States government in this. And so I think really calling anti-Semitism out is important for all of us. So, um, I, so I introduced today's order to carry out our commitment in the spirit of other actions taken by the commission. It does sadden me that this effort provided some controversy who conflate the recognition of the rise in anti-Semitism with that of the support of the Israelis government and policies or an effort to limit free speech, which is not blatantly racist or invoking violence. That's not my intent, nor does the definition of anti-Semitism before us even mention the word Israel. So I urge the commission to join several hundred municipalities over the 30 states in adopting this order by defining anti-Semitism and uh, support of this order acknowledges that anti-Semitism, like all racially motivated hate, will not be tolerated by the Port of Seattle. Thank you so much, Commissioner Feldman. Are there any comments from commissioners at this time? Commissioner Calkins. I'm happy to um, follow up on that. Uh, I just want to say thank you to Commissioner Feldman for bringing this forward um, and uh, express why I'm in support of it and also to address, I think, some of the critiques First and foremost, the reason I'm supporting this is because we are experiencing a rise in anti-Semitic speech and action, including violence in our own community, not in some far distant place, but right here in King County. And it is incumbent upon us to speak out and to make sure that our institution has a clear line on what we mean when we say that something is anti-Semitic. 
it gives our staff the ability, it's a tool, as uh, Mr. Mott said earlier, that provides a clear definition for those um, working in the space to know what crosses the line. And this isn't just academic board. It happens regularly at our own meetings where we experience that kind of uh, anti-Semitic speech in particular. Um, furthermore, to the critique, I would say we are attempting to um, provide a tool that could certainly be misused, um, as any tool could be. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't have that tool at our disposal. Just because someone somewhere may misuse this tool doesn't mean that we shouldn't have that tool at our disposal. Uh, and so, sure, it may be a double-edged sword, but um, we, in this institution, intend to use it for good. And that's why I'm fully supportive of this motion. Thank you very much, Commissioner. Any other Commissioner comments? Commissioner Asagawa. I'll also be voting in support of this, and I'd just like to acknowledge Commissioner Fellman for his leadership in putting this forward. And just simply put, you can't begin to address hate if you can't name it outright. So I look forward to voting in support of this motion. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Asagawa. Before I take uh, further action, I also want to just quickly say, um, you know, I've always said and I've always stood by the diversity of this commission and this body and as being one of our greatest strengths. Um, and so I welcome this um, motion. I also uh, also want to emphasize that, you know, as a port, as an organization, we do not tolerate any forms of hate. And I am in total agreement and support of, of what this order does. It, 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 as Commissioner Hazagawa says, it calls it for what it is. And as an organization, we shouldn't be tolerant of any form of hate. Uh, but as uh, it is often said, well, we should learn from history and remind ourselves every once in a while of that history so that we don't repeat it. So thank you very much, Commissioner Fallon, for your leadership on this. So hearing no further discussion on this item, is there a motion and a second? So moved. Seconded. The motion was made and seconded. Clerk Hart, please call the roll for the vote. Commissioners, please say aye or nay when your name is called. Thank you. Beginning again with Commissioner Calkins. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Fellman. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Hasegawa. Aye. Thank you. And Commissioner Cho. Aye. Thank you. Four ayes, zero nays for this item. Excellent. The motion passes. All right, moving on in our agenda, please read the next item into the record. We'll then hear from the Executive Director to introduce the item. Thank you, Commissioner. This is agenda item 10A, adoption of resolution number 3810, a resolution repealing resolution numbers 3605, 3628, 3704, and all preceding resolutions pertaining to the Commission's delegation of responsibility and authority to the Executive Director, Policy Directive, and adopting a new Policy Directive as set forth in Exhibit A of the resolution. Commissioners, this is the second reading of a request to increase the delegated authority levels from the Commission to the Executive Director. I'll now turn things over to the staff who have, been, who have been working hard on this issue to introduce the item and to walk you through a short presentation to re recap the previous discussion. With that, I'm going to turn it over to Aaron Pritchard, Chief of Staff of the Commission Office, and Dave Soike, Deputy Executive Director. And also Michelle Hart and Ryan Stamper are here as well. So. Good afternoon, Commissioners and Executive Director Metric. Uh, I'll kick this off. Uh, all authority of the Port of Seattle 
is vested with the commission in its actions as a public body under RCW uh, 53. Five commissioners elected at large by the voters of King County serve four-year terms to govern the port and then lead all intergovernmental functions and oversee the executive director. The commission vests authority with the executive director and delineates commission and executive director responsibilities through the delegation of responsibility and authority. The vote today on the delegation uh, of authority is on the basic governing document for the Port of Seattle. The Commission grants us authority with the expectation that the port's day-to-day -day functions will function efficiently, meet expectations on budget for on budget and on time, for community engagement, for equity, and all the areas where commissioners spoken through their orders and policies. From the start of this project, the focus has been on transparency for the public and commission, increasing the ability of the commission to do proper oversight and achieving port-wide efficiencies. Michelle Hart, our tireless clerk, held fast to these principles of, of transparency of oversight in partnership with, a, with our 30-plus year uber professional, COO David Soike. Under their close supervision, I believe the proposal today achieves the goal of increasing oversight, transparency, and efficiency. The project to review the delegation is a result of the Internal Audit Department's 2020 audit of the delegation. The audit itself was an exhaustive process with significant engagement across port functions. Findings of that 2020 audit included uh, that concluded that executive controls on the delegation was operating properly and an efficiency opportunity was identified with respect to potentially increasing the de delegation level. After almost three years of work, on November 29, 2022, the Commission voted to unanimously introduce Resolution 3810. Today is the second reading of the resolution and Commission's consideration of adoption. The delegation policy uh, has not been reviewed or updated for over a decade. During the review, areas in the policy were identified as needing updated clarity and reorganization. Three years of uh, commission action items were, ident were reviewed to identify the appropriate level for the new delegation level. Included in this proposed level are considerations for inflation erosion over the last decade, growth and demand of port operations and our capital program, time in developing, reviewing, and processing commission memos and associated meeting material, and commission time spent in meetings and several other factors. The Commission Office has led this process along with the Executive Office and is joined by legal, CPO, and many others to bring this work for your consideration today. Thanks to everybody who worked hard on uh, this project and uh, supporting the process. The package before you also provides additional data for questions that commissioners raised at introduction. In addition, a package of four, maybe five amendments is being proposed uh, in response to the commissioner input that was received. The proposal now is to take these amendments as one package, but these can be moved individually if Commission prefers. And now I'll turn it over to Dave Soike, COO, to take us through a short presentation. The Commission will then consider its discussion on the policy amendment. Can we refer to it? Dave, are you joining us virtually? Okay. Well, now's a good time just for me to pass out an additional amendment, so I'll do that. Good afternoon, Commissioners. 
Um, President Cho and Commissioners, uh, we are before you here today seeking to increase the level of delegated authority to the Executive Director. This change will allow effective management of the transactional, operational, and other day-to-day -day needs that occur. There's a couple reasons I'd like to note uh, as we begin here. First, this effort will save the Commissioners time for higher priority work, such as policy, strategy, our communities, our environment, equity, opportunity, job creation, small and wimpy businesses, long-range planning. Second, it'll bring the current delegations uh, up to par from decades of inflationary effects while the port has grown dramatically. An important note I want to make for public consumption today uh, for those that we serve is that the recommendation is deeply rooted in audit, strength, staff, uh, deep work, and teamwork. Our intelligence, business intelligence department has done great survey work. We know that this delegation will lead to transparency and will provide great work for you. Uh, before we share the PowerPoint, I'd like to make one more note. Today's packet actually has a lot of information in it, and that is unusual. It shows the depth of all the work that staff has done to bring this forward to you today. Aubrey, let's go to slide two. This is essentially the audit department slide from an earlier audit that identified that the delegations level for the port is not at par with local regional agencies. They identified that there is an efficiency opportunity available for the port in looking at its delegation level. That is why your port staff has spent significant amount of time taking a look at this issue. And we have found that there is an opportunity. Next slide. I'll describe this slide. This is a, um, a three-year scan done by your port staff. The green area that's, that stands out is the efficiency opportunity area that was identified by the audit team we were able to quantify that opportunity. On the left vertical axis is dollars, and it shows the billions of dollars that the port uh, spends and comes to you for authorizations over those three years. For example, the large blue bar at the right indicates a very significant request of dollars uh, that come to you over $10 million, and that is in the billions of dollars. However, to the left of the green slide, in the green area, are transactional items. Those are often day-to-day -day operational and business activities that do not include strategy work, policy work, long-range efforts that the Commission spends most of its time on. But I also want to note for you that the red line indicated at the bottom of that slide is that even in small dollar values, some policy and strategy items come before you. So what we've identified above those is the efficiency opportunity. Let me go to the next slide, please. This slide is the same data that was created from the subject matter experts. However, it's got less information on it. It really identifies that we recommended earlier to the Commission three dollar volume potential changes. We thought that the delegation level could be lifted to ten, seven and a half, or five million dollars. 
And we understand that the commission had recently at the last uh, uh, discussion when we were before you considering the $5 million level. But as you can see to the left, the area under that green line is the efficiency opportunity. No matter where you choose to draw that line today, we will find efficiency in our efforts. Next slide. Dave, if I can just point out um, that those are cumulative, right? So wherever the line is drawn, then those are additive of those different amounts that you have showing on your chart. So it's not like it dips down, those are additive. That's correct. Excuse me, that's a very important point. That's not well reflected in that, but um, thank you for pointing that out. The ED delegation that we would propose, the efficiency opportunities that were on the left side of that slide are shown in the left box. This is a slide you've seen before. It identifies the type of things, uh, buying de-icer, um, tenant utility work, window cleaning, etc. Right now, a lot, all of those need to come before you and it takes your valuable time and it takes staff valuable time to bring them forward. The uh, box on the right, I think, is the most important one in that it demonstrates the type of work that staff will assure through a process that continue to come forward to the commission. And you can see that list there. Property changes have long-term uh, impacts and the huge SAMP program coming that's noted at the end. Commissioners, we don't expect that any of those type of items will go directly to the ED. And if they do, they will be screened on the way and sent right back through your uh, public process. Next slide. This slide, the top half, indicates how inflation has had a negative effect over the 13 years since we last came before you. You can see that the buying power for the current delegation level has dramatically decreased. Meanwhile, the lower half of the slide, port budgets. It demonstrates that port, meanwhile, during that same time period, has grown mightily and that we are delivering more and more. Um, so as a result, our growth is certainly out of balance with the inflationary effects. And we believe that uh, our plan, we can bring you efficiency, transparency, and benefits. Next slide. This is an illustrative view of the commission's current policy that we are hoping to raise. Uh, the upper part of the chart shows the amount of time that the executive director can effectively run the port, just minutes. And the lower part of the slide, um, how much would uh, the ED delegation need to be to run the port for an entire day? And those are both shown on the right-hand column there. And again, we thought that $5 million that was being considered at an earlier point was an appropriate one of the options. Next slide. This is it. There's many benefits for commissioners. Uh, it helps unclog your calendar in the public sector for in these public meetings, and it really saves your time for more higher value work. In addition, the business partners and communities will be able to receive more opportunities out in the public marketplace quicker. Um, benefits to the ED and staff are also identified there. 
there is a cost savings and that depends on where the line is drawn. But no matter where the line is drawn, we believe there will be a savings and we are prepared to move forward at your direction. Next slide. I'm going to turn it over to Aaron Pritchard at this point. Okay, commissioners, I'll go ahead and go through the, the amendment package as currently proposed, and then I believe we'll have some adjustments, and then we'll, have, we'll run that through Commissioner Cho through the clerk. Uh, the current proposals uh, that are uh, on the table we have as a package, and we're considering moving as one uh, package. The first one would strike the uh, current delegation level from 10 million and insert 5 million in its place. Second one was to insert language into the policy directive stating that in all areas where commission has spoken through, the resol through resolution, policy directive, or order, and has expressed a clear intent to have specific subject matter brought before them in public session for action, those items will come to commission meeting regardless of the dollar amount associated with them. The, section, the third amendment was adding a new section three to the resolution providing for executive director review of the processes and procedures at one year after implementation and internal audit review of adherence to the delegation process within four years of passage of the resolution. Finally, the fourth amendment will provide for a policy directive review by the commission on a periodic regular basis. Those were four amendments that were uh, uh, developed over the last couple of weeks. I'll turn it over to uh, the clerk to help us walk us through the process. Thank you, Aaron. Um, through the Commission President, members of the Commission, um, I am going to leave it to Commissioner Cho to determine, of course, how we want to proceed through the package of amendments. Um, I would ask, Commissioner, if you could um, consult with your commissioners and find out if there's any other comments to the other three amendments. If there's not, I would suggest that we take those three amendments as one package and deal with the one amendment that we know has a potential secondary amendment to it separately. Okay, excellent. So just to clarify for the public and others who may be curious as to what's going on, we do have a package of four amendments, which you see here on the screen. However, we have received a fifth amendment uh, in addition to this package. Uh, that fifth amendment would actually make the first amendment in this package obsolete, and therefore we would need to uh, adopt that fifth amendment first, uh, is what I propose, and then we uh, take, up, take up the last three amendments. And so with that, um, I will um, ask Commissioner Mohammed, uh, do you have an amendment for us? I do, Commissioner Cho. Thank you for the time. President Cho, stand corrected. Um, <laughs> I do have an amendment, and the language has been provided to the clerk, um, so I'll, I'll be reading this. Um, but I, I just want to say before I read the amendment that I have that I do really appreciate the time that has gone into this. I know staff has worked very hard on um, uh, changing the delegation of authority. There's a lot of time that went into this. I do support having strong efficiencies and um, making our, our operation uh, as efficient as possible. For me, what is also important is that we have strong measures of, of transparency, and I know that this does include that, um, but testing it out is important, and I think this amendment speaks to that that I will be reading. So with that said, I'd like to move 
um, Amendment Resolution 3180, Exhibit A, to the dollar limit set for capital project contracts and other agreements and project changes, utilization of Port Peru, uh, Cruz, um, airport tenants reimbursement, street vacation, and budget transfers to strike the amount of 10 million and to insert 2 million in its place until the executive director provides a review of processes and procedures at uh, one year after the implementation of the new directive that includes sufficient transparency measures. At such time, the dollar amount limit shall be automatically increased to 5 million unless the commission directs, uh, directs otherwise. Whether sufficiency transparency measures are achieved shall be determined by the commission in public session, period. And I just want to also make my intent very clear. At that time, that gives an opportunity for commissioners to vote negative if those transparency uh, measures are not strong. And so it gives us an opportunity to look, look at this again and see what's done. Um, this wasn't included in the slides, but uh, New Jersey has strong open data measures where they have a dashboard out there that still allows the public to have uh, clear insights on what what um, our operational costs look like. And so I know those are all uh, measures that are being considered and to see that happen in action and for us to have an opportunity to review that um, is, is important. And at that one year mark, it gives us the opportunity to look at that and see if this is actually playing out in the way that we, we would like. And you know, I serve on the audit uh, committee and I do see a lot of the operational costs very closely. And I also recognize that you know the audit uh, team has limited powers. They are a small a team of staff members. And so I think as commissioners, we do have a responsibility to ensure that we have strong fiscal responsibilities. And, and um, I think this is part of being in, working in good governance. Excellent. Thank you so much, Commissioner Mohammed. I will entertain a motion in a second for this amendment only for now. The motion is on the floor. We need a second. I'm a sec I'll second the motion. Excellent. The motion has been uh, uh, made and seconded. Um, any comments from commissioners on this item before we take a vote? And questions, right? Yes, and questions. Go ahead, Commissioner. Commissioner Calkins. Uh, I just I want to appreciate my fellow commissioners. I know that I was kind of um, in the distribution of work in this project. I was early on and. Um, you folks have been continuing to labor on this uh, right up until today. And I want to say this this should be a case study for business school at some point, uh, getting optimal outcome where uh, there was frantic last-minute phone calls by one commissioner <laughs> to everybody to make sure uh, everybody understood each other with regard to um, what needs were, as well as things like uh, just talking through some faults in the original proposal and figuring out how to amend those to, to make it better. And I think this package of amendments is going to result in a much better outcome than was originally proposed two months ago now almost. Um, and so I'm excited to support this amendment and the, the um, overarching motion as well. So thanks, everybody. So thank you, Commissioner Calkins. Commissioner Hasegawa, did you have something to ask or say? I, I don't know if I'd call it frantic phone calls, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, you know consensus is something that I value. And um, as 
we talked about earlier this year that the diversity perspectives, the diversity of values, only makes us stronger as a governing body. I'd like to thank Commissioner Mohammed for the thought that she's put into getting this to, I think, um, a really sound place, not just internally in terms of operations, but also externally in the eyes of the public, who expect transparency, who expect accountability measures. I'd like to reiterate my gratitude to the staff, both in the commission office and executive office, for your labors in this for over such um, a long period of time. I do have a couple questions to the original set of amendments, if this would be an appropriate time to pose them, Mr. Um, actually, we're going to vote on this, and then we're going to go to the original Very good. Set I of look forward to supporting so. this amendment. Perfect. Excellent. Thank you so much. So we uh, are now going to go to a, a vote. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Commissioner Feldman. Go ahead. I, I just wanted to thank Commissioner Mohammed for taking the time and digging into this, and I think it's a much better document because of it. Thank you. Excellent. So the motion now is to amend the motion. Clerk Hart, please call the roll for the vote on the primary amendment. Thank you. Beginning with Commissioner Calkins. Aye. Commissioner Fellman. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Hasegawa. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Mohammed. Aye. Thank you. And Commissioner Cho. Aye. Thank you. This uh, primary amendment does have five A's, zero no's. Excellent. So that amendment passes. And now we're going to go ahead and consider the package of amendments as presented before. However, it will be omitting the first one, first amendment that was presented in that package because the one we just voted on took care of that. So uh, with that, is there any objection from commissioners to taking the package of amendments as one motion? All right, once the motion is, um, uh, to amend is on the floor, we can discuss the package. Is there a motion and a second to move the package of amendments? So moved. Seconded. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, any uh, questions or comments? Mr. Oh, Commissioner President, just for um, the sake of good of the order, yes. this is items two through four Correct. appearing on the slide. Right. Just two, three, and four. Commissioner Azagawa. Thank you, President Cho. So um, I'm wondering, I, and again, I appreciate that you took our feedback from the last public session where we heard this item and have incorporated it into a suite of amendments. Um, and so if there is something that, say, has not been declared as a priority via a formal order or policy or a directive, say something it's, um, something that I have verbally declared that is a, a priority, for example, child care, how do I know that there's going to be visibility or transparency around decisions on subject matters like that? You bet. Uh, Commissioner, we have many processes in place. First of all, there's the annual budgeting where you have identified that before, and the entire executive leader team is aware of that. Then we move through a gender review, and we move through uh, look-aheads with the Commission President. In addition, what we are building is whereby a staff member will see an item that is less than the delegated amount you propose today. That goes through a physical process. It does not change the current delegations process, which has been checked by audit that is working effectively. It merely takes this new process as a workflow and they're not like an email that can get lost. We require staff to fill out the description, the request, 
what their ask is, it can come directly forward through that workflow process to the executive director. The ELT member scans it, approves it, and signs it. Only after the staff member has reread the delegations and done checks and check mark boxes through it. Then it comes up to the deputy executive director. That person makes checks with eight people, including your chief of staff, the chief executive's chief of staff, Wimby, OEDI, etc. Our awareness of the issues that you've raised and your good example there will be present in our minds and will have been present in the budget, et cetera, going up. So this is a resilient process where we will immediately upon identifying what the topic is, and that same brain trust that brings everything forward to you in public will say, the commission's already spoken on that topic. We need to move that right back into the public session. I expect that the process will be so good that it will happen from the uh, ELT members level before it even gets higher. What is the... Thank you. Yeah. What is the accountability when process, hypothetically, if it weren't followed? It, uh, the way we've built the workflow, it'll be difficult for that to happen, but the accountability would go right to the ELT member who signs that this should move forward. And then it comes right to the deputy executive director, myself or whomever sits in that role. And then the accountability goes straight to the executive director. Yeah. And I believe we have checks and balances through it that will catch all those. And then are, is it, are there executive policies around commissioner communication? Yes, there are. Um, and when can we, will we have visibility on those? Yeah, well, for example, if there is an item that is, let me say, on the bubble, we're wondering if it should go through or not. Um, the agenda review includes a large body of people who can check that, but the real area it will get caught is at look ahead with the commission president. That's the opportunity for conversation on anything that seems on the bubble or questionable. No further questions. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Commissioner Osgao. Anyone else? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Executive just, thank you, Mr. President. I'd just like to add to that answer. And I think adding to what um, uh, Deputy Executive Director Soiki was saying is that I also think it's not done in isolation. So the procurement's not done in isolation. It's done as the process of those ongoing conversations with the commissioners about how we're, what we're working on. You know, you start with a, you start with a direction, then you have the budgeting request, and then this is how we implement it. So. So I think there will be addition, additional things of just having conversations about what we're, we're executing and moving forward on implementation. So um, just, just want to say that, Commissioner, that it's uh, you know, not in isolation of all those other conversations that we have. Great. Any other questions or comments on the package of amendments? Commissioner Mohammed. Thank you. Um, I just had a, I mentioned this earlier about the open data model. Um, what information have you guys gained since then? I know that there's some research done around that. And when can we expect to see maybe a dashboard that's similar for the Port of Seattle? Um, you bet. Um, I'll answer the first part and then I'll turn it over to uh, Clerk Hart. Um, we think that we can have this workflow built and up and operational in May. And you can see drafts of it prior to that time. The open data model is another great opportunity. We were thinking 
in addition to that or prior to that, that we would, every month, we would show what decisions were made um, here in public session. We already do that with claims and obligations at one meeting every month. And so that's a way for us to make it transparent here. But we can take the same information and put it on a public web site. We can publish directly to that. And that would, through the Commission President to Commissioner Mohammed, that would be my ad. So we can either extrapolate that information from that memo and make that public facing in an open data format, um, or as well, we could try to generate a report out of the IT workflow that's being built and then turn that public facing on an open data site. That is still a piece of uh, work that we need to follow up with our ICT on, mm -hmm. uh, but I think we'll already have that format coming out of the memo. That's really helpful, thank you. I look forward to seeing that. Um, the other thing is I know that uh, Sound Transit was the example that we, we used um, for that five million amount. Um, but my understanding is that with Sound Transit, it's five million for their capital projects, but everything else is set at a two, min two million limit. Is that correct? That's my belief. The audit slide shows the, um, it is focused on capital. However, if Mr. Glenn Fernandez is here, <laughs> we'd love to have you come up, sir. I can as well add uh, through the Commission President, Commissioner Mohammed, um, the notes that I have for Sound Transit for delegation are 5 million, 2 million, and 50 million delegated to standing boards and committees for contracts, agreements, and real property agreements. So I think that there's multiple levels of delegation here for Sound Transit. But, but you are correct, it's uh, five million for capital and two million generally for everyday purchases. So we're in line with them. And they have committees of elected officials that manage, oversee that, correct? That is what it looks like That's to me. Correct. Yes. Thank you. And then the last thing that I just wanted to, to check on is um, at all of the other ports in the country, um, the, the only port that's out there is New York where their delegation of authority amount is set to 2.5, and there's five airports that they also oversee. Is that correct? Through the commission, President, Commissioner Mohammed, six airports, bridges and tunnels, bus terminals, rural trade center, rail, maritime, cruise, and container port. Thank you for that. And, so, and their delegation of authority limit is at 2.5 million. That is correct. 2.5 um, settlements at 1 million. Permits and licenses for the use of occupancy at property at one million, sale of personal property owned by the port valued at one million. And I heard that was correct, so so two point five is correct. Correct, generally. Generally. Okay. Thank you. I just wanted to clarify those that information. Thanks. Excellent. Any other comments or questions? Excellent. Um, so with that, I will go ahead and ask the clerk to Please call the roll for the vote on the package of amendments. That's amendments two, three, and four that you see on the slides. Thank you. Beginning with Commissioner Calkins for the package of amendments. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Fellerman. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Hasegawa. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Mohammed. Aye. Thank you. And Commissioner Cho. Aye. Thank you. There are five ayes, zero nays for this package of amendment, and we are now at the main motion as amended. Excellent. Thank you. The, prime, uh, the package of amendments pass. Uh, Clerk Hart, please call the roll for the vote for the main motion as amended. Commissioners, please say aye or nay when your name is called. Thank you. Beginning with Commissioner Calkins. Aye. 
Thank you, Commissioner Fellman. Aye. Thank you, Commissioner Hasegawa. Aye. Thank you, Commissioner Mohammed. Aye. Thank you, and Commissioner Cho. Aye. Thank you. That's five ayes, zero noes for the main motion as amended. Excellent. The motion to adopt resolution number 3810 as amended passes. Excellent. Thank you so much. Clerk Hart, please read the next item into the record. We'll then hear from Executive Director Metric to introduce the item. Commissioners, if I could, I'd just like to say thanks on behalf of all the staff that worked here. Thanks for your deep consideration of this. And I think we, uh, as a staff, will do you proud and follow through on open web. And I think you'll see great transparency and positive improvements. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. I too want to give my thanks to everybody who worked on this project. It was over a two-year project and a number of people inputting into the process. So, and thank you, Dave. Big thanks to you, Dave. Yeah, I'm going to say that out loud. Uh, thank you to uh, uh, Clerk Michelle uh, Hart for her hard work in this, in addition to the whole team. And to our sponsor, Aaron Pritchard. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and then moving to the next item. This is agenda Wait, so item. Does that mean we get to cancel like half the rest of the meetings for the year? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Why are you trying to shortchange my presidency here? Come on. <laughs> Moving to agenda item 10B, um, this is adoption of resolution number 3811, a resolution increasing, I'm sorry, I also want to thank legal for the amount of work that they put into this, yes. An audit, an ICT, and everybody else. Okay, now I'll go back. I'll just say it was Brian Stamper for legal. At <laughs> um, CPO? Okay, all right. Um, agenda item 10B, adoption of resolution 3811, a resolution increasing the rate of per diem allowance to Port of Seattle commissioners as provided for by Washington State Statute RCW 5312-060-3. Commissioners, ensuring a fair and reasonable compensation for commissioners is key to attracting and retaining high quality and diverse candidates to govern the port. This action will increase commissioner compensation for future commissioners, setting, setting per diem rates on par with members of the state legislature. Presenter this afternoon is David Yeworth, strategic advisor from the commission office. Thank you, Executive Director Metric. Seems to be my pattern. Thank you again, uh, Executive Director Metric, and good afternoon again, uh, commissioners. So as a reminder, um, we had the first reading of this resolution at the commission meeting on December 13th of last year, and today is the second reading. Um, in summary, the proposal um, would have commissioners' salary tied, which is currently tied, I'm sorry, I'm sorry again. In summary, commissioners' salaries are tied to that of Washington State legislators. Um, this proposal would also tie the per diem rate to that of the legislators, which is set by the Washington Citizens Commission on Salaries for Elected Officials. And the proposal would also raise the limit of per diem days to 205 per year. This concludes my remarks, and I'm happy to take any questions. Excellent. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Dave. I appreciate it. Are there any questions for staff at this time from commissioners? Please indicate if you would like to speak. All right, Commissioner Hawkins. I was just going to say that the implication <laughs> of the first comment from executive director that we need to do this in order to attract quality commissioners <laughs> is that so we, we haven't been able to do that. But no, I know what you mean, <laughs> executive director. To continue to attract quality commissioners, we need to keep up pace with inflation, et cetera. <laughs> I concur. Any other questions or comments? Com Commissioner Mohammed. Hard to follow. Um, the only 
comment I, I honestly wanted to make is that uh, this change will not apply to the current commissioners. Mm -hmm. It will apply to those who go through reelection and new commissioners. And so um, and I also was really critical of this. And I know Commissioner Feldman put a lot of work into this and, and others on the commission. And so I just want to say pay equity is important and it's important on this commission as well. And I uh, just appreciate the people who worked hard on this. Commissioner Feldman. Uh, thanks. And I, I, the other caveat is that this is per diem. So it's like you only get paid if you work it. So it's hours of reimbursement rather than a salary increase. So encourage everybody, put in the hours, get compensated for it. Thank you. Commissioner Hasegawa. Yep, just driving home the message that um, in any position, we believe that people deserve to be paid for the work that they do. Um, and that it's actually a prohibitive factor for people even considering running for public office if they don't have it, uh, the volunteer hours to be able to commit to something like that. So this is um, about leveling the playing field. It's about promoting access to public office as well and reiterating the point that we will not personally feel the benefits from this. Um, every commissioner will have to wait until re-election and um, and in the meantime, who knows what sort of competition it, it might draw upon ourselves. So I want to recognize Commissioner Cho and Commissioner Fellman uh, for the work that they've done in order to bring this to where it is. Um, and I look forward to voting in support. Excellent. Thank you so much, Commissioner Hatsukawa. I think everything I wanted to say has been said already. So hearing no further questions for this item, is there a motion and a second? Uh, go ahead. So moved. And I'll second. All right, the motion was made and seconded. Clerk Hart, please call the ro uh, roll for the vote. Commissioners, please say aye or nay when your name is called. Thank you. Beginning with Commissioner Calkins. Aye. Thank you, Commissioner Fellerman. Aye. Thank you, Commissioner Hasegawa. Aye. Thank you, Commissioner Mohammed. Aye. Thank you, and Commissioner Cho. Aye. Thank you. Five ayes and zero nays for this item. Excellent. The motion to adopt resolution 3811 passes. All right, we're chugging along. We are now moving on to 11, 11, uh, item 11, presentations and staff reports. Clerk Hart, please read the next item into the record. Executive Director Metric will then introduce the item. Thank you. I will just note that we are really ahead of time on what we thought we would be at today. So um, just a note on time there. And uh, this is agenda item 11A. Take it. This is the 2022 internal audit annual report. Commission, Commissioner's internal audit provides an important public service in ensuring the efficiency, compliance, and transparency of port operations. We're all deeply grateful to Glenn Fernandez and his team in internal audit, as well as the Commission Audit Committee that sets the agenda for his work. Internal audit completed an impressive 17 audits in 2022. I want to note that today's presentation is mainly a recap of last year's work and findings, as Glenn will walk through in that many of the recommendations from the internal audit are already being implemented if not already completed. I'll have a few comments to share to that effect after the presentation. I also want to recognize Public Audit Committee member uh, Sarah Holstrom, who I believe is in attendance, I'm not sure, and, uh, and who I, and joining us in attendance, virtually joining us for this report. So with that, I'll turn it over to Glenn Fernandez, Director of Internal Audit. Thank you, Steve. Um, so, Commissioners, we do have, as, as Steve mentioned, Sarah Holmes, Holstrom on uh, the line as well. And uh, I want to first give recognition to uh, Commissioner Cho for being our chair of the Audit Committee this current year. 
and Commissioner Muhammad for being on the committee and for being our chair next this 2023, um, and uh, Sarah for her, you know, all her work and uh, for publicly being here. And I'm also going to, you know, Sarah, at the end, if, if you want to say anything also, I'll hand it over to you. Um, I expect uh, this to take about 15 minutes, so. Next. Sarah, are you in the line? If you could unmute. Okay. You can text her. Okay. Let's move on. Next slide. So, Commissioners, internal audit, a little bit about us. We conduct uh, independent, objective, risk-based audits of the port's operations. Technology, technology meaning cybersecurity, you know, everything you see at the airport, all the computers that work, cybersecurity is front and center. And then also our activities and vendors. Our vendors are concessionaires that you see at the airport. Um, you know, there, there's many, many of them, and, and they bring in over, you know, hundreds, $100 million plus in revenue to the port. So those are very critical. Our uh, audits add value by helping uh, the port achieve its mission. And, uh, you know, I've got some points up here, which are what the financial stewardship, accountability, transparency, governance, and excellence. So, you know, those are all the items we embody in our audits when we do do our audits and our work. We uh, derive our authority from the Port Commission, and uh, we report to uh, the Audit Committee, which, uh, as I mentioned, was this year it's Commissioner Muhammad and Commissioner Cho and Sarah Holmstrom. Next slide, please. So there's an international body called uh, the Institute of Internal Auditors, and one of the things they have is something called the three lines model. So th this is an example of who's responsible in governance. It starts off with, with controls and everything else. You know, it's management, that the, the first and second line, management, uh, the people that actually do the work. They've got to make sure that the work that they do yeah, is done accurately and correctly. The second line are supervisory roles and risk management within the port that reviews the work that's being done. And, and they report up to the governing body. Um, and then, you know, you've got internal audit also that um, uh, reports up to the governing body and works with management. So with three lines, the, the idea is before something breaks down, you've got... Uh, management, first line, second line, and then you've got internal audit, which is the last line of defense. Before something goes outside, hits the newspapers, hits uh, you know, something that the state auditors might catch, or external publications. So you know, with, the, with us being the last line of defense, uh, internal audit is critical. Um, and, and that partnership with the governing body, which is the commission and management, and internal audit work together to make sure that uh, Everything's working effectively. Next slide, please. So, commissioners, this is um, every three years we get um, a certificate of compliance. It's essentially a peer review where we get audited. Somebody, an external firm comes in, looks at us, and assures that we're meeting both the government standards in the United States and the international standards. And I'm happy, happy to report that uh, for the last period that was under audit, uh, we, we had this work done in 2022, um, and we did get a pass rating, which is the highest rating you can get. 
Next slide, please. So, Commissioners, we conducted 17 audits in 2022. All of these audits, with the exception of the information technology ones, are on our external website for transparency to the public. So anyone in the public can go out and uh, look at any of these audit reports and the work that's in, in them. Uh, we do limited contract compliance audits on the left-hand side, as I mentioned, and these are the rental car agencies, the concessionaires at the airport. We do performance audits or operational audits of controls and processes at the port. Capital. You know, we, we spend a lot of money in capital, um, close to approaching a billion dollars a year, and uh, accordingly, a lot of capital audits. And last but not least, um, information technology audits, just because of you know, the importance of uh, IT and technology and everything we do at the port today. Next slide, please. In 2022, our audits, uh, as, as Steve mentioned, we completed 17 audits. We identified four high-risk issues, 19 medium-risk issues, and uh, three lo low-rated issues, which uh, many of which have already been addressed by management. And we do track this, everything that's done and everything that's open, and we present it to the Audit Committee on a periodic basis. So the Audit Committee does have visibility into what's um, out there and what needs to be done and, and addressed. We also... Um, conducted an audit of the International Arrivals Facility, which uh, we're in the process of finalizing. And in 2022, uh, actually in 2021, when the port was hit with uh, uh, ACH fraud or you know, wire transfer fraud from uh, external parties, we jumped in there and did a lot of work on that. And I'll talk a little bit about that later also. Next slide, please. Okay. Information technology audits, you know, as I mentioned, these are one of the critical audits that we do. And, and we now have something called a non-public session, which is like an executive session of uh, the audit committee where critical um, items that are, you know, um, not subject to public disclosure, and, and if they were, they would put the port at risk or discussed. And all the vulnerabilities that we identify are discussed in those uh, non-public session audits. Our work focuses, you know, has focused on the Center for Internet Security of the CIS top 18 key controls. And uh, the Center for Internet Security is um, an organization, a globally known organization that uh, promotes best practices. And, and their view is, you know, in these controls, if you focus and build your IT controls around these, uh, these recommended controls. There are specific and actionable ways to mitigate known threats. So there's always new threats that are out there. But if there's something known and you do these 18 things, at least you can block and defend against those. So we make sure that the port has those key controls in place, or at least through our audits, um, so at least known threats are mitigated. You know, there's always zero day or new threats that can come around and and uh, we're always at risk at that of those, but we always adapt very quickly and uh, you know build defenses. Next slide, please. As I mentioned, we do limited contract compliance audits of our concessionaires and rental car companies. Um, we commit we completed uh, three in uh, 2022, and we'll be doing quite a few more in 2023. We had eased off a little bit because of COVID and the impact that a lot of concessionaires had gone through 
you know, with the shutdowns. But now that everything's up and running and the airport business is booming, you know, we, we do anticipate doing more. And it's, you know, it's a two-way street. Not only are we looking at them to make sure that they pay the port the right amount, but it's a benefit to the concessionaires because many times we'll find that they're overpaying or they're mm -hmm. making mistakes or, you know, from the rental car companies, are they overcharging customers? Mm -hmm. So for your constituents, we want to make sure that they're getting charged the right amount and, and users of the airport, you know, the right amount. Um, they're not overpaying or underpaying and we're complying with the contracts. So limited contract compliance audits accordingly. Next slide, please. So the two audits that I'm going to talk about today, yeah, out of the 17, I thought these would be a good example to provide as to what we do. Uh, but the ACH Payment Fraud Audit and uh, the South King County Community Impact Fund, they're two different types of audits, so um, I'll start with those. Next slide, please. Commissioners, in um, late 2021, um, due to a series of control breakdowns, you know, that started with some smaller businesses, uh, the Seattle Parks Foundation, Urban League of Metropolitan Se of S Seattle, uh, their, in, their systems were compromised, uh, primarily through a phishing attack. And, and somebody impersonating them, which I'll go into, uh, duped the port into wiring $572,000 into these fraudulent accounts. We jumped in there right away and uh, worked with AFR and the rest of the port to make sure that we put up controls and blocked against these and then recovered the money as well. We worked with port police and, um, and later on Homeland Security jumped in to, to assist and be involved in this as well. So next slide please. So the total funds wired out from Seattle Parks Foundation it started off at $184,000 but one of the accounts, the fraudsters, had closed the account. Um, so we did get um, 48000 being wired back. The initial net loss ended up being $135,000. The port does have crime insurance. $110,000 was recovered through the crime insurance, so the final net loss of the port was $25,000. Um, Urban League, on the other hand, you know, $388,000 was wired out. That happened after Seattle Parks, and our reaction was a little quicker. So Wells Fargo, our bank, contacted Citibank, and they froze the account. Now, there, were there was about $380,000 or close to $400,000 in the account, and there were about 10 people, organizations that had been duped. So by reacting quickly and, and working with the bank, we ended up recovering 307000 from there. So our net loss ended up being 80000 and after crime insurance, the loss to the port was just $25,000. Uh, nonetheless, you know, state auditors are going to comment on this, so, um, you know, it is important that we did address them, address these issues quickly and uh, build controls that we do have in place. And there's still more to be done and you can always adapt and improve, but at least the frontline controls were put in and improved. Next slide, please. So the way this orchestrated out, uh, both uh, lower level uh, coordinators and AP specialists at both uh, Seattle Parks Foundation, Urban League had their email accounts compromised and the fraudsters that were working out of Cyprus were able to send um, a 
you know, an email impersonating them to the port asking for bank account information to be changed. And as soon as the port, port engaged them, uh, the fraudsters set up these fake domain names for um, senior level people at uh, both Seattle Parks and Urban Leagues. In this case, you can, I, you can see that Seattle Parks, Michelle at Seattle Parks was changed to Michelle at Seattle Prax. So we couldn't, um, you know, so re a user wouldn't easily catch that. And although the Felicia's email was being used as well, just in case somebody caught that at either Urban League, you, you know, and stopped and, and they lost access to that, they also had the, now the spoof domain names that they could continue to work with the port and, and dupe us into wiring money across. And and the, a very similar thing occurred at Urban League. They followed the exact same pattern, but it was a little harder to get to catch because Urban League, when they set up the second spoof level of spoof domain names, they changed the L from Urban League to a capital I, which you know it's a little hard for the I to catch. Next slide, please. In our case, one of the things we did right off the bat is we noticed that there were 58 users at the port that could um, submit requests, or actually they could initiate a process to update vendor banking information and um, change banking information or modify certain vendor information. So we thought you know, that that was too many. They weren't validating the information that they were uh, initiating a process on, and that needed to change. So we highlighted that in the audit. We, the key breakdown, though, was after they initiate a process, there's an in, a group of individuals that have to approve those changes and vet those changes, and that process had failed as well. So, um, you know, as these changes came through, uh, they were getting approved uh, without the proper authentication, and the changes were going live in PeopleSoft, and accordingly, money was being wired out. Um, all of this has been addressed and fixed at this point. Um, additionally, I want to point out that you know, vendors, um, the vendor changes, the individuals that were doing this, uh, for whatever reason, um, information security training to help catch this had been missed, and maybe it would have caught it. But um, you know, nonetheless, we had required and suggested that you know, it's it's a requirement of the port that anyone that's in a critical job attend appropriate information security training. On, on these frauds. Uh, so the fact that you know, it was missed and, and people weren't attending these you know, kind of just opened up the gates a little bit and increased risk. So a um, series of events we identified that have all been closed and uh, you know, more, will more opportunities to improve are always there and they'll continue, continue to be added and improved upon. Next slide, please. So, commissioners, the next audit that I want to talk about is the South King County Community Impact Fund, which is, you know, a big part of um, what we're doing with our OEDI initiatives. We're working with a lot of smaller organizations, and um, we've pledged $10 million over a five-year period for both environmental and uh, economic, um, you know, benefits to the community. So, um, this is... The, these, these, like I said, they're smaller organizations that used to be called the South King County Fund and now called the South King County Community Impact Fund. But um, there's some great work that's being done. And um, 
you know, this is perfectly aligned with our port mission. So one of the things we were asked to do is can, can we look in and make sure that we're following all our processes, dotting our I's and crossing our T's. And we wanted to make sure we were doing those and help the business build appropriate controls. So next slide, please. So when we went in, commissioners, we noticed, you know, okay, we have some processes that we're building up and we, we didn't see documented approvals in many cases and expense reimbursements exceeded contract thresholds. But those are easy fixes and we, we talked to the business and uh, you know, we just said, you, you know, you, it's important to keep these. You have to, you are doing this. We, we have no reason to think you're not doing it, but you need to document it and maintain documentation. And, and these have been address, addressed. But one of the things we did, we stepped back and we looked at it from an equity perspective and we said, okay, these are small businesses, they're small organizations. They're not like the multi-million dollar companies that we do business with. And we're still holding them to the same standard. For instance, um, you know, there were, the RCW requires an annual report and we had monthly reports and a lot of documentation that these firms were putting together in reports. And we thought maybe that was a little bit much for you know, um, a small organization that's cleaning up a park or planting trees or building up the community. So, so some of the things that we, you know, that we thought were maybe excessive needed, you know, we suggested maybe taking a second look at those. Additionally, when you look at um, the granularity of the contracts, they were, we, we thought those could possibly be improved as well and enhanced. Uh, for instance, you know, there was one example would be you can buy 20 gloves at a dollar a piece. If you can't find gloves for a dollar a piece, you're out of compliance. You know, so there, there's a way to rewrite these contracts because um, to make it easier for the organizations. Next slide, please. So we did work with procurement. Procurement has, you know, made some significant improvements and there's much work still that needs to be done. But uh, understanding these are grassroots organizations with limited resources, we wanted to make sure that we were making it simple in them and making it easy to do business with, also with the port as we move forward here. So, um, yeah, like I said, procurement has made significant improvements. There's more work to be done. And uh, Bukdar Gesar, who's our senior director of OEDI, um, is leading the effort with uh, CPO to enhance these processes. Okay, next slide, please. So in a nutshell, our 2023 audit strategy with Commissioner Mohammed is to continue to stay independent and objective. We, we do have Commissioner Cho back on the audit committee as well. Um, we're going to enhance our processes by viewing work through an equity lens, as I just mentioned with the South King County Community Impact Fund. Um, with our concession processes, we'll continue to streamline those and continue to be efficient and be best in class. Um, with the amount of money we're spending on capital and with SAMP out there, you know, we, we have to focus and improve with capital and we have to do what we can on capital there. And last but not least, uh, I see information technology, um, the Center for Internet Security, there key controls will, you know, will we'll continue to focus there and protect the port uh, from any cybersecurity risks to the best of our ability with our resources. I also want to, as I mentioned, I do 
know we have Sarah Holmstrom, who um, was a volunteer member of our audit committee, and she's on the line now. So, Sarah, is there anything, you know, we first thank you for being on the audit committee, and is there anything that you'd like to add or from your experience? Um, Hi, uh, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me, and thanks for uh, allowing me to serve in this volunteer position. It's been really great to get to know more about the port. Uh, I really appreciate everyone on the internal audit team. They've been great to work with and super helpful in answering questions. Um, one of the things I've really liked in being here is I uh, do feel like uh, when you have a concern or I bring up questions, they're addressed and everyone is really transparent with their information uh, and really helpful and interested in making all of um, the results be implemented and make the port a better place with uh, more effective controls and less issues to focus on, which I really appreciate. Um, and sometimes there isn't always that openness to improve the process. So I really appreciate that and commend the team for being willing to do so. Thank you. So I, I also want to point out that Sarah's a senior manager at Amazon. She's been the CFO of um, two larger tribes in, in the area, and uh, she came to us. She also worked at the state auditor's office, so she's got a vast array of experience that she brings to the audit committee. And I'll pass it to Commissioner Cho Excellent. or Commissioner Muhammad for any comments. Excellent. So at this point, I'll open up to questions and comments from commissioners. Please let me know if you would like to speak. Commissioner Fahelman. Mr. Commission President, I think there's a management response. Do you want to take the management response prior to questions? Sure. Mr. Executive Director. <laughs> no, on the, uh, no. All right. Well, actually, I do, you know, can, yeah, the conclusion. Sorry, Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> yeah, sorry, commissioners. You know, I was just uh, just thinking about whether um, we're going to follow up on something else. But commissioners, then, as you know, the internal audit provides an important public service included in ensuring the efficiency, compliance, and transparency to port operations. And we're deeply uh, grateful to Glenn uh, for his work. Um, for his presentation. As I mentioned earlier, I want to provide a few brief remarks, particularly about the internal audit's findings regarding the South King County Impact Fund. Implementing the South King County Impact Fund has been an iterative process and has pushed port staff to lean into that in, with innovative and creative ways to achieve the goals that Commissioner have laid out for the program. I'm pleased to say that each phase has allowed us to take lessons learned and improve for the next time. Uh, for example, we revised contract terms from 12 pages terms from 12 pages to 5 pages to make the process more achievable for the nonprofits and community organizations we work with uh, and develop contract terms specific to the program, which Glenn was talking about, is, is very important. We've also moved to multi-year contracts, which helps us and our partners better plan and execute on these projects. Uh, in, for the uh, South King County Fund Economic Recovery Cycle 3, we continue to make additional changes to improve our process for the community and our internal team. We appreciate the insights of internal audit to help us guide this process, and we are confident that we are well on our way to making this program more effective, more efficient, and more aligned with our goals for the South King County uh, um, Fund going forward. And I also want to mention the work on uh, 
on ACH and, and how we collaboratively looked at that and closing, closing the links and tighten up the process. You know, the, the threats of, uh, for cybersecurity is something we take uh, in the work that Audit is doing in relationship to that is very important for us because that's one of the, one of the uh, risks for us overall because we see that. So, um, and with that, um, we'll go ahead and uh, with that, just wrap, just saying that cybersecurity will continue to be a focus for us going forward with those Great. risks. Thanks, Steve. Um, before I open it up to comments and questions, I just wanted to note for the record that Commissioner Calkins has stepped out for a second to testify in Olympia remotely, so, and he'll be joining us again in a second, in a few minutes here. Um, I'll open it up to comments and questions from commissioners. Commissioner Mohammed. Well, um, I, should, I will start by uh, thanking Director Glenn and the whole audit team for the hard work that you guys um, do efficiency, accountability, and transparency is so important uh, to this organization. We are a public agency, and your team ensures that there are um, there's good public trust, and ensuring that we have strong controls and um, and compliance is important, and making sure that we maintain that public trust. And so, um, I'm super grateful for the work that you all do, and it has been um, an honor serving on the on the audit committee and. Um, there's a lot of information that comes through there, and um, you all um, are always so detailed and uh, provide us with uh, great information to ensure that we're doing our work as commissioners really well. Um, oversight, financial oversight is an important part of our commission work, and um, that committee ensures that we're doing that well. So thank you for your hard work. Um, I also want to thank Sarah, who... Um, it donates her time to the port and is incredibly smart and um, serves on the audit committee with us. And um, she brings a lot of expertise to the audit committee. And I uh, just want to express my gratitude for her time as well. Thank you, Commissioner Mohammed. Commissioner Feldman. Uh, my primary uh, reason was to, uh, to thank Sarah, too. I've never met her, but I'm just amazed at the uh, community members, the volunteers that come with this kind of expertise to help the transparency of the organization, the value of that and the time spent, it's, it's just remarkable and greatly appreciated. Any other com comments? Um, I, I'll, I'll make a few comments. First and foremost, I also want to echo the sentiments. Uh, thank you uh, to our public member, Sarah Holstrom, who's been an invaluable member of our committee. Uh, I love that we have the perspective of someone from outside the organization. I think it helps us avoid groupthink and, and the echo chamber of our dais up here. Um, and she just brings a breadth of experience, and I've just seen a tremendous amount of engagement uh, from her on everything uh, that may have not been the case before. And so thank you so much, Sarah. I really, really deeply appreciate your involvement and your participation. Uh, I also want to uh, address the two items that Glenn brought up. First is the ACH fraud. Um, look, these things happen, and uh, I don't think there's any one place or person that we should be pointing the finger to. I think collectively we've all put in the protocols to address some of the shortfallings in our standard operating procedures. But one thing that I did want to commend the team on is the fact that we acted uh, decisively and quickly to recover as much of the funds as we possibly could. Uh, this could have been way worse in in, in, in conclusion. Uh, we could have recovered none of the money. Um, we didn't recover all of it, but the fact that we were able to move quickly and precisely and recover more, like 90% of it uh, is a testament to 
to you know our, our team's ability and effectiveness and so thank you Glenn and to everyone else in the organization that has worked hard to do that and then secondly with with uh, with regards to South King County Impact Fund I say this every time but when it comes to this specific program we really are pushing the envelope and being creative with how we do things uh, this is as you all know a technically a contract right with these organizations that we have kind of become creative with uh, because we're a public agency and we can't just give out money due to the gift of public funds uh, issue or uh, rules we can't just make this a normal grant program where we just give community-based organizations money and so as those who worked on this project know it's been a long time coming to figure out the program to rejigger the program um, I've heard from a lot of community uh, organizations that are trying to tap into this that it's very difficult to comply with certain things and whatnot and so the fact that our team has been uh, agile and uh, and has been open to tweaking the program such that it meets all our audit requirements but also fulfills the mission of the South King County Impact Fund is I think tremendous work and hopefully other organizations that are up against similar challenges due to the gift of public funds issue um, sees our work as an example of how maybe we can uh, open up more opportunities for underserved communities and those organizations that need resources. So thank you so much for all the work that you uh, and the team over at uh, in Community Engagement and Bookdust team does to make this possible. Um, yes, Commissioner Feldman. You know, in my desire to thank our uh, community representative, I failed to acknowledge the great work of the audit committee at large and very much okay. appreciate the dedication of Mr. Fernandez and company. So it's his really tough work and to pay attention to these things is really greatly appreciated, which the added benefit of having a community member is great and I, I very much appreciate that. You know, one thing has hang, hung out for me a while and I was wondering, can you provide any insight on this Westside Fire Station delay? that is a part of the audits? Um, so at this point, I, I think we're very close, if not done. I, I, Steve. Yeah, on the, actual, on the actual project, I don't want to comment on yeah. the audit, but on the project, we anticipate uh, there's one final issue with the door. Matter of fact, I was talking with uh, staff about that today, and we look to open the Westside Fire Station in February. And I'm heading over to the fire station this afternoon, so I'll, <laughs> I'll confirm Kick that. the tires so, for me. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Steve said uh, this is done. It's, it's been a long journey, Commissioner, as you know, uh, but um, hopefully we get this thing done and, and put to rest. So all problems to get that got us here are more or less identified and resolved? Well, there, there's some liquidated damages and other things that we're going to have to go after because of the delays and, and some cleanups, but, uh, you know, that's for the Ports Construction Management Team and everything's been handed out. I will point out that our audit reports, Commissioner, are made public, and you know the work that we do are, is on our website. But thank you. Appreciate it. Great. Thank you so much. All right. That concludes our business meeting agenda for the day. Are there any closing comments at this time or motions relating to committee referrals from commissioners? Commissioner Hazakawa. Uh, Mr. Commissioner President, before we do that, um, do you want to continue through this segment, or do you want to recess and wait for Commissioner Calkins to return? Um, I think we can continue. Uh, I think we're past most of the things that maybe Commissioner Caucus might be wanting right. to weigh in. So Thank you. I think we're good. I yeah. just wanted to offer that. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. All right, Commissioner Hasegawa. Thank you, Mr. President. 
Um, as Executive Director Metric mentioned in his opening remarks, this is Lunar New Year. Um, Sunday was the Lunar New Year holiday, and it does represent the year of the rabbit. And the rabbit does represent luck and prosperity, as Executive Director Metric mentioned, but it also represents patience, grace, and sensitivity. Lunar New Year has historically been an auspicious time for people around the world, millions of Americans, and hundreds of thousands of King County and community members. And it sets the tone for the next 365 days. And that's why so many of us are so deeply impacted by the mass shooting that took place on Lunar New Year, as well as the shooting that took place the following day. It's a terrible tragedy. Um, and I want to acknowledge that as community members grieve and move through the rounds of loss and anger and resolve for change that I am channeling through um, the rabbit zodiac, the call to practice being gentle, being gentle with myself and to be gentle with the people around me. And I think that that is something that all of us would stand to benefit to channel. In light of three back-to-back -back active shooter incidents, including Sunday in Monterey Park, yesterday in Half Moon Bay, and one this morning, in Yakima County, where three Washingtonians were shot and killed, Mr. President, I'd like to move to amend agenda number 80, previously adopted on November 8th, 2022, on the Commission Business Bidding Agenda, the adoption of the 2023 state legislative agenda as follows. Quote, under the priority agenda items on page one in the section titled Equity and Community Focus to add a new bullet titled Public Safety for Traveling Public Port Employees and Users of Port Facilities to support legislation that increases gun control measures and increases public safety at port facilities. Excellent. There is a motion before us to amend agenda item 8O, previously adopted on number, uh, November 8th, 2022. Is there a second? Second. Thank you. There are, um, the Port of Seattle, Mr. President, has gone to great lengths to secure its own facilities from an active shooter. But we need to address the broader issue of where guns are coming from. The fact is, is that last year, the Port of Seattle seized more firearms in its gateway than ever before. And the proliferation of firearms throughout society requires more stringent measures to control them. As Executive Director Metric mentioned in his comments this morning, that at the Port of Seattle, safety has always been at the very top of our priority list. There are three significant pieces of legislation that the governor requested and should be tracked by staff. House Bill 1240, House Bill 1143, and Senate Bill 5078, all of which have companion bills. Thank you. Excellent. So now we will go on um, a vote. Um, I think, is there any objection to them? to the amendment? Nope. So hearing none, that amendment passes. I believe there's another amendment being proposed by Commissioner Mohammed. Commissioner Mohammed. Thank you, President Cho, for uh, recognizing me. Um, on that same item, I would like to amend the 2023 state legislative agenda. Um, the language that I will be sharing has already been shared with the clerk, and I believe you all have a copy of that. Um, under the priority agenda item, page one, in the section titled Equity and Community Focus, I'd like to add a new bullet titled Support of Quality Jobs and Quality Child Care, and add the following language. To support quality jobs for port employees, uh, employees the port shall support efforts to increase child care facilities across the state um, and adjacent to port 
facilities. That's the closing of the Excellent. Quote. Um, and I'll just say that this uh, has been brought to my attention by many uh, people who are advocating to support House Bill 1199. In particular, uh, there is a critical need for additional child care options throughout Washington State. And we know that this also impacts port employees. And um, we're also supporting a, the uh, child care feasibility study that was introduced by uh, Commissioner Hasegawa. Um, and so I think this is very much in alignment with that. And so I hope we vote to support this. Excellent. Thank you, Commissioner Mohammed. There's a motion before us to amend the agenda item uh, for the state legislative agenda of 2023. Is there a second? Seconded. Excellent. And is there um, any objection to the amendment? Hearing none, that amendment passes. Now we will uh, consider the, the new legislative agenda with the uh, amendment. Is there any objection to readopting the 2023 state legislative agenda as amended here today? All right, seeing no objection, that item is readopted as amended. Thank you very much, commissioners. Appreciate your leadership on these issues. I'm glad that as an organization, we can remain nimble enough to add priorities as we see them fit. All right, any other uh, items, referrals, or comments from commissioners? No, I, I'm going to make a quick comment here. Um, I think la I meant to make this comment la last week, but in the uh, excitement of the new officers and whatnot, I was remiss and I forgot. But we recently lost a, a very senior and important member of our aviation team, um, Don Hunter, who uh, has been with the port for several years. Uh, left us and she started out in our airport, airport dining and retail and she moved to become the interim chief development officer. Uh, this is a huge loss for us in the aviation department but I wanted to make sure that we all took a moment to acknowledge Dawn and, and celebrate her and, and congratulate her. Um, she is moving on to uh, greener pastures but she is also staying local from what I understand and she won't be going far so Don if you're listening or tuning in I don't know why you would be uh, anymore but uh, first and foremost uh, come back <laughs> um, uh, but secondly as I say with anyone who leaves uh, the port you're always welcome here you always have a family here you always have a place here uh, and I am really serious when I say that if the opportunity presents itself we would be more than happy to have you back here uh, and so with that I will end my comments and open it up for any other commissioners who may have comments uh, regarding that matter or any other matter Commissioner Mohammed. President Shaw, I, I also echo those so, same sentiments uh, for Don Hunter. Uh, she's an incredibly hardworking person, and um, it's unfortunate that we lost her at the port. And I just had um, a check-in with Director Lance Little, and that was exactly what I said to him. I said, there's not an opportunity to bring <laughs> Don back. And so um, if she hears this, I also appreciate um, her public service and all of the hard work that she's done at the Port of Seattle, especially supporting small businesses. Absolutely. And um, I know that a lot of the small businesses at the port, at the airport, appreciate the work that she's done. But also, she's made a huge impact in the region. And so I hear um, support for her across this, uh, the city, across the region. And so, um, yeah, I just want to say in public that I also appreciate her. Um, I wasn't here earlier this morning when um, uh, when the when Commissioner Fellman introduced the International Holocaust Remembrance um, Order, but I just I want to say that 
you know, um, this is such an important time for us to reflect on issues of anti-Semitism and living in King County, um, you know, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And so I appreciate your leadership. And um, I think it, now that knowing that there is a rise in anti-Semitism uh, uh, in our region, it is so important that we use our voices, that we use our platform to speak out against it. And I stand in solidarity with you always and the Jewish community in our, uh, in our state and across the world. That concludes my comments. Excellent. Commissioner Azagawa. No? Okay, Commissioner Feldman, go ahead. I, I just really appreciate your comment. I understand you had other business to be doing out there and having us as a una unanimous force was very important to me. So thank you so much. Great. Executive Director Metric, any closing comments from you? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Commissioners, and thanks, uh, President Cho, for that recognition of Don Hunter and her contributions both to aviation and to the organization uh, as, a, as a whole. Um, I do want to take a, uh, just a point to, uh, there was some, you heard in public testimony today re regarding Tub Lake um, and the port. I just want to pass on for members of the public, and you uh, commissioners know this, the, the port and, si the, port and the, uh, the city of SeaTac uh, are very, are both very aware of the ecological value of Tub Lake and the need to protect this valuable resource. There are various studies underway that will inform the discussion and decisions about North SeaTac Park uh, for elected officials recommended via uh, the JAC relative to the North Seal, North SeaTac Park and the 55-acre property. And these studies will com be completed and presented by the end of 2023. And um, uh, Tub Lake is a quaking fen, which uh, is, a, is a term for, uh, for that type of valuable ecological property it is. It's a type of wetland of particularly high ecological value. We recognize that. And it's uh, and it's uh, uh, at top of our interest of protecting that, both ourselves and the city of SeaTac. Thank you for that opportunity. Thank you, Steve. Commissioner Calkins, welcome back from Olympia. <laughs> Do you have any qu closing comments or questions for us? No, I was able to take the port helicopter down and back really quickly. We didn't. We don't own a helicopter. We're not using public dollars for that. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> for the record. <laughs> no, it was great. I yeah, I had a chance to to um, provide testimony on Senate Bill. 5380, which is related to citing particularly clean energy projects in the state, which is of uh, paramount concern for us at the Port of Seattle as we look for ways to develop additional uh, liquid fuels for planes and trains and, and boats and trucks uh, so we can power the economy that we're trying to grow here on clean fuels. Awesome. Thank you for your advocacy on the Port of the Future. Um, with that, hearing no further comments and having no further business, if there's no objection, we are adjourned at... 12.02 p.m. No, 2. That's what I said. 2.02 p.m. Oh, sorry. Did I, did I say 12? 2.02 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>